0: Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. She my number one, I don't need nothing on the side.
1: Said that I was done for good and don't want no more lies. But my phone be blowing up temptations on my line. I stare at the screen a while
0: before I press decline.
1: But she plants a seed and it still lingers in my mind. Told myself I'm strong enough to shake it and I'm trying. But I'm only human, I know loving you's a prime If I take this cookie now, one day I'll do the time
2: Slip me a at once Somebody I, I got the earth and the blunt Smoke I get the skirt when I want Skirt I get the skirt
1: when I want Welcome it's to McChesney Unchained around. on the BSN Denver Podcast Network Smoke. Coming to you from 6-0 Strength and Fitness, 6-0 Studios is rocking the house once again. Episode 19 is about to be fresh, to say the least. Uh, We have an unbelievable show for you today. Uh, We have great interviews. Connor McGovern, starting center for your Denver Broncos, part of the Dungeon family in here, a guy I've been working with for a long time, and Billy Turner, your starting left guard, who is also a starting right tackle at one point. Uh Captain Versatility. Billy Turner will be in here uh, as well in studio. Uh both of uh You know, had a a great workout this morning and a kick-ass interview uh, for McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We're excited about that. And then also we got a good 15 minutes with uh, number 30, Phil Lindsey, who called in and was so gracious to uh, give us some of his time today. Uh, And, again, give us a great interview here on McChesney Unchained. So hold on to your asses. We got a great show for you today. Uh, Again, keep your eye open for the BSN uh, 6-0 top six. I'm going to be doing the Pittsburgh game tomorrow, and it'll be posted up. Uh, the Chargers game is still up from last week. You can go check it out. It was pretty cool. Uh, thank you to Ali and Andre for all their hard work on that. So let's start right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> the Explosive 3 plays brought to you by our good friends at Victory Insoles. That's V-K-T-R-Y Insoles. You can go to V K T. R Y Gear. That's vktrygear.com All right. Promo code 6070 will give you $70 off right now for the holidays. Okay. They're they're $199 a piece. You can get them for 130 with that promo code. Or you can come in to 60 down here in Centennial and we'll get you set up. Uh the Victory Insoles are just an incredible force production tool. Um they're they're made out of uh, this carbon fiber component that just gives you maximum snapback when you dorsiflex your toe. So if you run correctly, which is what we teach here, Uh, If you run correctly, your force output from the ground to the floor or from the ground and the floor up is going to be insane. So I highly advise everybody check them out. And uh, Victory Insoles is going to bring you your explosive three uh, to start off McChesney Unchained here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. So check it out again, vktrygear.com. For a $70 discount, go 6070 for your promo code. All right, so right off the bat, okay, the Broncos – I'm sorry. Trying to get my shit together here. Broncos get a huge win, okay? Uh, And we're, you know, that's awesome. Um... Number 10, hit 7,000 yards for his career, which is kick-ass. Good job, Emmanuel. And Phil Lindsay blew up. Uh, he has the most rushing yards by an undrafted player in Broncos history up to this point as his, as a rookie. And remember, Phil's going to be on the show uh, later for an interview. So that's the first point that we're going to go over, just the fact that both of those guys accomplished both those feats on Sunday and it, with a huge win over the Steelers, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But hats off to them. That's pretty explosive for your first one. Uh, number two. Uh, Cordell Patterson grabs Harry Anderson's nuts, uh, and all of his shit after he sits there and says, well, he tackled me and I don't need somebody's dick and balls in my face. And that's what he said. So don't get all, you know, don't get all antsy in your pantsy. there, politically correct world. Just relax. That's what they're called. Uh, but look, man, if you get tackled, this is going to happen a lot. I can't believe that Harry Anderson didn't beat the shit out of him when he had, like he was grabbing and squeezing as hard as he could. And I. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I'd i be trying to kill him, number one, and then I might call the cops afterward because I just got sexually assaulted in my workplace, and I'm not fucking kidding. I thought it was unbelievably unprofessional. What he did afterwards was unbelievably unprofessional, and all Harry did was tackle you, bro, and you turned into a total asshole, and you grabbed another man's package on national fucking TV and then tried to turn it around like he did something to you when his job description is tackle the ball carrier. I don't know, Cordell. It seems to me like you either, one, want to grab his shit and saw an opportunity, or two, had a lapse in judgment pretty bad and just decided to start grabbing shit. And unless your name's Donald Trump, you can't get away with grabbing shit like that. I know he's the pussy grabber, but you can't just be the ball grabber. I mean, come on, Cordell. That was terrible. And then, Harry, the next time somebody grabs you by your shit, uh, you have my permission as an ex-jet to kill them. All right, number three, uh, college football had an unbelievably crazy week. Um, shit, man, I, there there's so much going on in college football right now. Notre Dame's in after they get a big win over SC. Uh, the Buckeyes beat the absolute shit out of Michigan, 62-39. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I talked to Coach Tony Alford, who's on Ohio State staff there, a good friend of mine and an unbelievable coach, and he was just raving about the team and the players and you know how much work has been put in. and. They take that Michigan game so seriously. I love that. And, you know, there's people out there like, well, is it even a rivalry again? And I'm like, yeah, stupid. Just because they've won 14 out of 15 or whatever it is doesn't mean the rivalry goes away. It just heightens it for the other side. Trust me, I was part of a rivalry where we didn't win for 10 years. It was still a rivalry on November twenty third, 2001 when we stuck our foot in their ass. It was still a rivalry the next year when we beat them, and it was a rivalry in 04 when we beat them, and it was a rivalry in Lincoln at the beginning of this year when we fucking beat them. And don't you dare let anybody tell you different, even Scott Frost. I guarantee you that's going to be a big game next year for Nebraska walking into Folsom. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but it, that's what rivalry games are. So Buckeyes and, and Go Blue had a, had a good game. I mean, it was entertaining, but I can't believe Michigan showed up the way they did. Don Brown should be embarrassed. Number one defense in the country. and You give up 62 points. That sounds just like uh, Nebraska back in the day. <clears throat> I can take my shots whenever I can get them. Uh, AM and and LSU go 74-72. I thought it was a basketball score. Seven overtimes. It's the first time A&M has beat LSU since they've been in the SEC West. And it's a great game. And, you know, it's, it's awesome for college football. And seven overtimes. I could care less what the score is if it's seven overtimes. That's just kick-ass football. Uh, team's going back and forth, but then Jimbo Fisher's idiot nephew, okay, decides to fight a 53-year-old man, okay, Sean Kegthrope, who's who's a – or uh, yeah, Sean uh, Steve – excuse me, Steve Kegthrope, who's an NLSU an- analyst, and he's 53 years old. He has a pacemaker, and he's battling Parkinson's, and this asshole, Jimbo Fisher's nephew, has the audacity to punch him in the face. He's lucky Kevin Falk, a guy I played against when I was in the NFL, the, the great back for the Patriots, and he played at LSU, a very versatile player. Kevin's not fucking around. I mean, Kevin Kevin's a tough dude, and he'll fight. He's, he's no problem dropping down and, and giving this boy his business. But he's he's lucky that, that uh, Kevin didn't swing on him because he looked like he wanted to out there on the field. But just for all the positive things that are happening in a and that huge win over LSU – Jimbo Fisher's face when his nephew told him what was going on afterwards is just its priceless. So uh, I'm sure you're questioning why you gave your brother a job right now, even though your nephew's a dickhead. All right, so those are the Explosive 3 brought to you by our good friends at VKTRY Insoles. That's Victory Insoles. Go to vktrygear.com. Use the promo code 6070SIXZERO70 70 for $70 off for the holiday. So check that out. Thank you to Victory Insoles for their support of McChesney Unchained. Uh, all right. Next. <sighs> all right. Next is the NeuroXPF.com uh, NFL Wrap. R- remember that NeuroXPF is a CBD-based recovery product and medicine that I take on the daily. Uh, my man Kyle Turley uh, is the point of the spear here, and he—he's the—the—the uh, the original. He's the OG of of NeuroXPF.com. He's the guy that created it and, and backed it. Him and his wife Stacy do an unbelievable job giving back to the community and helping guys that are struggling with so many different things. Um, this is an incredible product. I take on the daily, and we sell it here at Six Zero. We're the only place that sells it in the state. Uh, and and we're proud too. So check out NeuroXPF.com uh, if you're looking for a CBD remedy uh, and something different to help you with uh, everything from pain management to anxiety to sleep to just feeling better on the daily mental clarity. Uh, so check it out. NeuroXPF.com brings you your NFL wrap. Uh, Okay, remember the promo code there, 6015 for 15% off. S-I-X-Z-R-O-15, and it'll give you a 15% discount. All right, Sunday's games. Okay. Uh, The Bills beat Jacksonville. There's a huge fucking fight. Leonard Fournette gets suspended. He leaves the bench. They end up firing the OC because he had to coach Blake Bortles. I feel bad for the OC, but, bro, what do you expect? You're coaching Blake Bortles. I don't care if you're the best offensive coordinator in the world. Your quarterback's a bum. Uh, So I think that everybody's going to get fired in Jacksonville. They'll bring in a new coach. They'll bring in a new philosophy, somebody that can contain all these animals and get them all focused on winning football games rather than trying to be MMA fighters. And Jalen Ramsey spouting off about how terrible everybody is, but then he can't be accountable for his own fuck-ups. And Leonard Fournette always being hurt and then leaving the bench trying to be an MMA fighter, like I said, get rid of Blake Bortles You give him that huge, ridiculous $50 million extension in the offseason. This is what you get. You turn into a shit team when that happens. So, Jacksonville, welcome back to the fucking gutter where you belong. Uh, On on Thanksgiving, Chicago dusted Detroit. Dallas beat up on Washington. And New Orleans beat Atlanta. Those were the turkey gobble-gobble games. Um, the Seahawks and the Panthers had a great one thirty to 27 Russell Wilson is an absolute freak. Uh, Carolina's defense is a little up and down. Again, I'm not going to just discard the Panthers. They're just having a rough patch in their season. Everybody goes through it, it seems, other than maybe Kansas City and the Rams and the Saints. But, I mean, even the Patriots struggled for a couple of weeks. Look, Carolina will figure it out. North Turner has Cam Newton moving in the right direction. Their defense is good, not great. They don't have the same personnel they had there in the past but they're still a good team and they're still in the playoff hunt to say the least Seattle you know they're a little old school defense is young and inexperienced and what do they do they lead the league in rushing they lead the league in rush attempts they lead the league in rush yards uh Pete Carroll's mo when he was at sc you know protect your defense run the hell out of the ball and play action shots over the top and then get get a lot of turnovers and and make things work for you and that's what Seattle is doing and honestly nobody wants to see the the Seahawks in the in the playoffs nobody wants to play Russell Wilson in the playoffs because six and five they're in every game I haven't seen them get their ass kicked yet they lost to Seattle on two close games they you know they, they've lost games the same way Denver has you know so you know when those two teams play they're very evenly matched And I think both of them are going to sneak in as a sixth seed I think Seattle will be the sixth in the in the NFC, and I think Denver has a real legitimate chance to be in the 6th in the AFC, so we'll see. Uh, the Ravens, unfortunately, got a big win uh, and beat the hell out of the Raiders. Uh, Lamar Jackson's turning into an absolute stud in his first two starts. He's got the most rushing yards in NFL history for a quarterback, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It definitely shows you that the guy can fucking play. There's no doubt about that. Um. So, so look, you know, I, I don't... I'm not going to get all up in arms about Baltimore. Denver had their chance to beat them at the beginning of the year. I hope that they don't keep this up because the the Chargers are going to be one of the wild cards, and Baltimore beat us head-to-head, so that could be a huge snag. So we want Baltimore to lose a couple of games and Denver to keep winning, and I I think they can because I think they're going to go back to Joe Flacco, and when they do – It's going to cost them and they're going to end up going back to lamar they'll finish seven and nine eight and eight and be two games out and denver will get in up ahead of them because they did the whole you can't lose your job to injury thing and joe flacco should lose his job i'm not saying that from a, a point of disrespect he's a super bowl winning quarterback with a great defense i'm saying that it's lamar jackson time it's flacco's time to go find somewhere else to play and trust me there'll be plenty of suitors for big money and it's time for lamar jackson to take over in baltimore and honestly if Harbaugh's not the guy, then just move on from Harbaugh. Let him walk and start Lamar and, and, and move forward with the new direction of the Ravens. Ozzie Smith's done after this year. You might as well clean house, get rid of Flacco, get rid of Harbaugh. Ozzie Smith walks out the door straight into the Hall of Fame as an executive and a player. Unbelievable. The Sandman's unreal at both jobs. Just an unbelievable football mind and player. And they start fresh in Baltimore. And I hate the Ravens, but they're good. Uh, and they do things right. They're always in playoff contention. Uh, Okay, Uh, the Pats beat the Jets. Shocker. Uh, They beat us the whole time I was there, too. We only beat them once in three fucking years. Uh, The Chargers hammer the, the Cardinals. Phillip Rivers went off, had 22 straight completions or some shit. The Chargers are pretty good when they're motivated, although Melvin Gordon being out, I'm interested to see what happens there. If he just misses a couple of weeks, I don't foresee it being a problem, but if he's out for a while, it could... Be favorable for the Broncos, number one, because the Chargers are going to be real motivated coming to Denver. And then number two, it opens up the door for some other guys to maybe get a look. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, The Pack loses their sixth straight road game on on Sunday night against uh, the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers is not being supported correctly. It's unbelievable to me that the Packers don't have a problem with wasting one of the best players I've ever seen at the position. They did it with Brett Favre, too. They only got two Super Bowls out of Favre, and I know Favre is more apt to give the game back to the other team, but Aaron's not. They're not supporting 12 at all. He's constantly running for his life. He's getting hit all the time. He's not being—you know, they got rid of of his receivers, and they didn't restock the cabinet— He's got a lot of injuries offensively and defensively. They can't win a road game. And I think the time's up for Mike McCarthy. And honestly, it's the same offense that Brett Favre ran. It's the same offense they've been running for years. So it's not really that much of a surprise that they're getting dissected and figured out. My thing is, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're watching the Chiefs and the Rams and the Saints and all these guys just explode offensively, uh, bro, you're Aaron fucking Rodgers. I'd be pissed. I need an offensive innovator in the house. I don't care where we go get him. Cliff Kingsbury just opened up for a job. He'd be a damn good OC in the NFL. Don't get it twisted. Cliff can coach. He's just got stuck at Texas Tech. It's hard to win there in the Big 12. And Tech will regret getting rid of him. Trust me. Um, But, you know, it's... The innovation needs to happen in Green Bay in order for Aaron Rodgers to really be maximized. I can't believe that one Super Bowl appearance and a win is enough. If he plays for 20 years and they only get to one Super Bowl and they only, they only win one Super Bowl, shame on Green Bay for just absolutely wasting Aaron Rodgers. It's not like you're going to get three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a fucking row. So stop acting like it's just, you know, the sun is going to shine on your ass forever and start supporting this cat or trade him. To the Broncos or somebody else where he can go actually have a chance to win some games. All right. And now, look, I want to talk to you about one of our new sponsors here, uh, Pit Liquor. Uh, they are going to bring you our stank moment of the weekend. Uh, Pit Liquor is uh, it's a deodorant, and it's a spray-on deodorant that's made with vodka and whiskey and some other stuff, black pepper. Uh, I use it every day. I love it. I didn't like putting all those chemicals in my body um, you know back in the day when i was using regular deodorant the the pit liquor stuff my <laughs> my wife and kids keep telling me that i smell like a christmas tree uh and christmas everybody fucking loves christmas so i'm i'm cool with that shit uh i want everybody to check out pit liquor okay go to <clears throat> excuse me i'm getting there go to uh distilledbathandbody.com and check it out it's pit Liquor, how you would spell liquor, uh, and, and, and check it out. I love the product, and I, I encourage all the stinky dudes here at Six Zero to try it out because obviously their deodorant ain't working. So Pit Liquor brings you our stank moment of the weekend, and it's not the Browns getting a win. It's not. I don't care that the Browns won. That's good. I think they're getting better, and that's good. My stank moment of the weekend is Baker Mayfield having the fucking audacity to sit there in a press conference and criticize a grown man after he got fired about it, taking a job. Baker, how dare you? This is not college, bro. And I'm pretty sure in college you went and got a better, uh, you know, you went to a better situation. Texas Tech, you know, wasn't going to give you what you wanted, and you immediately went to Oklahoma, and they did. So I know it's not the same circumstance, but let's be real. Hugh Jackson got fired, bro. He didn't quit on you. What do you want the guy to do? Just take money from Cleveland? At least he was man enough to just say, Cleveland, keep your money. I'm going to go work for Cincinnati. I just I find it very immature and almost disrespectful to talk about another man like that when he got fired. Fired. You wouldn't even give him a hug and like he had to track you down to shake your hand. I like Baker Mayfield a lot, but this this rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it at all. And I think it stank. It's bad. It makes him look bad. It makes him look immature. It makes him look smug. Like they fired Hugh Jackson, bro. So if somebody gets cut from Cleveland, they and they sign with Cincinnati they're pieces of shit if they sign with Pittsburgh fuck them no it's not the way this game works the NFL means not for long so remember that Baker don't burn bridges in this league bro people change jobs constantly constantly there's no there's no continuity like there was in Oklahoma you don't have eight straight wins a year that are winnable you're not at Oklahoma anymore it's not the same group you came in with and you didn't even do it that way you you found the best opportunity for yourself as well when, it, when Texas Tech wasn't fitting you anymore. So don't get it fucking twisted. Very, very poor judgment by Baker Mayfield, but it's an opportunity also to improve as a rookie. So our stank moment of the weekend comes to you uh, by our friends Pit Liquor. Check it out at Bath and Body, or excuse me, distilledbathandbody.com. Pit Liquor brings you the stank moment of... The weekend, all right, <clears throat> Broncos. Okay, Broncos get a massive 24-17 to win on the goal line stand, or should I say the goal line pick by Shelby Harris. Uh, apparently he has the best team or the best hands on the team, and I can't say that I disagree with him right now. Uh, the wear Bands Warriors are Shelby Harris for the pick that sealed the game and Will Parks for the effort that started it. Uh, the The effort that 34 put in running from the back, you know, hashed all the way to the goal line, not quitting and laying the wood on the receiver and making him fumble out of bounds. That was the play of the day in my opinion. Uh check out com for the exceptional training tool that is wearbands all lateral athletes should use them and the majority of the dungeon family does. We sell the product on site. 6020, that's S I X Z E R O 20, we'll give you a 20% discount. Uh, again, the wearband warriors are Shelby Harris and Will Parks. Um we've got the interviews with Connor McGovern and, and Billy Turner, who are both in studio here at six zero today in six zero studios. And then also Phil Lindsay called in and we'll have him on as well, but I'll give you my stuff before we get into them. Um, I thought that the Broncos did what they needed to do. I don't give a flying shit about, Uh, yards surrendered in the NFL these days. I care about how you play from the 25 in. And from the 25 in, the Broncos are super tough on defense. I love the way they played offensively. Um, They played within themselves, but they also took some shots. Losing Hireman sucks, but I thought Lacoste Really stepped up and did a great job. And then we'll highlight that on the BSN six zero top six this week. So check that out when we do it for Pittsburgh. Uh, Phil Lindsay, again, he had 14 for 109, eight yards of carry. Uh, VJ's coming out talking about bona fide leader of the team and the number one back, and he should be. Um, the offensive line for the second straight week and pressed the shit out of me. Uh, Garrett Bowles got away with a couple of holding penalties, I thought. But overall has played really, really well. Uh, Billy Turner. Look, Broncos, I don't know what else you need to see from this cat, but he started a bunch of games for you at right tackle, and he was better than your starter. And he started two games now for you at left guard and graded out better than the starter. You paid $40 million in Ron Leary. And I love Ron. He's a great player, but I just don't see him back next year. Lock down Billy Turner. Stop fucking around with this guy. Do not let him hit free agency. He's unrestricted at the end of this year. He's going to get paid. His tape is ridiculous. And it's at multiple positions. Consequently, so is Conor McGoverns, who's going to be up on on interview here in a second. Sixty's moved to center, and I think that's his natural position. So does that make Matt Paradis expendable? We'll see. We'll see what happens with the rest of the season and and how Sixty progresses. Elijah Wilkinson, with the exception of a couple of plays where he shot both hands, uh, it played really, really well the other day. He got beat on a couple one on ones, but that happens. They are pros. Uh, and then the two tackles, Valdir and and Bowles, just really played their asses off, and uh, it was it was very impressive to see. I like the way Musgrave called the game. Uh, perfect mix of run to pass. Um, the only beef I really have is at the end of the game when they had a the chance to seal it. The the pre snap penalty on alignment can't happen. When Cyrus Quanjo, another guy who is part of the Dungeon family here, I just saw him this morning grinding. When Cyrus Quanjo comes and checks into the game and he lines up and the receiver covers him, I mean, how many times did they go over that in practice? There's a disconnect. And I don't want the Broncos to lose a the game they should win anymore because of that kind of shit. So they got to clean that up. That can't happen. That could have cost them the game the other day, and it would have been a huge problem. Um, the other thing I'll say that is an issue in my opinion, and I'll highlight on the 6 top six on bsndenver.com, it is cover one on the three-yard line. I mean, you can't play two or three. I mean, we can't put guys back and just try and keep them from going 97 yards. That is a direct reflection of just being too too hot to trot. Like, the defense is like, oh, well, fuck it. We'll go cover one and play single high safety. You can't beat us one-on-one. Yeah, we can. Juju's pretty quick. You know, Roethlisberger got hit. All he had to do was lay it up there. And then Sch- Smith-Schuster's gone. You ain't catching his ass. He made people look stupid in the open field anyway. So, again, it's not a bad thing to change it up every now and then. And hopefully giving up a 97-yard pass play and 500 yards passing, I get it. You want to rally and tackle, we're going to give up yards. That's fine. I just want to see a little bit more... Creativity defensively in the secondary. No more cover one unless it's worked in. Single high safety looks are nice, but you can get to every look you want defensively with professional DBs out of cover one looks. You can go cover one fence with second level defenders and end up in cover two or cover three. You can show them what looks like you know a cover one or cover zero fence with his man coverage, and then throw a zone at him. And you can throw zone coverages at them that are man coverages. So just a little bit more confusion for the offense would be nice so that so they can't do some of the things that they've been doing to us i don't want the broncos to lose because of that bullshit either all right so <clears throat> that's all for my fat ass here today on uh on mcchesney unchained on the bsn denver podcast network we're going to bring you these interviews now with connor mcgovern and billy turner and then uh the call-in interview with phil Lindsay as well so don't go anywhere and check this out uh thanks to connor and billy and phil for giving us some time here on victory tuesday uh connor and billy had a good workout session in here this morning with sam and cyrus and those guys and uh, it was good to talk to phil and you know, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but Phil Lindsay had the flu on Sunday. And, you know, he talks about it a little bit in the interview. But homeboy had the flu and went eight yards a carry and was that much of a leader. Throwing up before the game, didn't even tell the trainers, wanted to go be a, a leader and a pro. And he says in his interview, he's like, I'm just not that kind of dude. I ain't going to look for sympathy. And I'm telling you, it made me want to run through a fucking wall. So check out these interviews, and uh, thanks for always listening to the show. Uh, and uh, this is McChesney Unchained from the BSN Denver uh, – dot com and six zero studios here at six zero strength check out the bridge that is here's Connor McGovern and Billy Turner and then our interview with Phil Lindsay thanks for listening folks and it is my honor and pleasure to bring on Billy Turner and Connor McGovern here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network from six zero studios here at six zero strength and fitness six zero strength is the bridge to your goals uh, and really we've helped a ton of guys achieve them and we. Continue to do that on a daily basis. Check out 60strength.com. Billy Turner, obviously the left guard for your Denver Broncos, and Connor McGovern, the starting center right now for your Denver Broncos. Gentlemen, what in the hell is going on? Thanks for doing the show. What's up, Bill? Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? What's up, Matt? Connor here. So, guys, before we get into all the X's and O's and all the bullshit, this isn't going to be like a regular interview, thank God. Try and have some fun in here. You know – I'm going to go straight into it. When you guys were in the meeting room getting ready for the Chargers, okay, did you listen to all the bullshit that was going on in the media world, all the panic, oh, my God, we're screwed? Because in my opinion, what I've seen so far, over the last two weeks, the offensive line looks like you guys have been playing together for a long time. So just just give the listeners in Broncos country a little bit of insight on what it's been like so far this year and then really what's happened the last two weeks.
3: Um, Personally, no, you can't. You know, everyone tells you not to listen to the media. It's no different than anyone in any other kind of profession or anything like that And when they tell you not to believe the hype. So as a player, you know, in my position, when I found out, you know, Friday morning that I was going to be starting at left guard, and, you know, I haven't had a lot of reps at left guard or at guard in general this year, Um, you know, it it didn't really phase me. I wasn't worried about what everyone else was going to think about my performance. I had one goal in mind and that was to do whatever the hell I could do to go out and to help my team win the game. That was the most important thing to me. Connor?
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely didn't listen to any of that. Uh, people have been doubting, you know, us and, you know, myself since I've been here for the past three years. So, uh... It <clears throat> didn't. And nothing changed at that point. Um, so, no, nah, you know, didn't de- didn't listen to it. I uh, just went to practice, and and we, you know, we'd all been playing together in some some form or fashion the whole year. Uh, coaches do a good job of rotating us, and I played next to Billy uh, quite a few times this year. So, uh, yeah, no, I felt comfortable going to the games. So both of
1: you are Midwestern guys, Billy. You're from Minnesota. Went to North Dakota State. Uh, Connor, you're from North Dakota. Ended up going to Missouri uh your versatility gentlemen is the the main thing from a player perspective and from a coach perspective myself that I love about both of you is the ability to line up and do multiple things and not only that but have the mental stability to do it as well a lot of guys crumble under that kind of pressure um your midwestern roots man I know your your pops played in the league didn't he Bill yeah, and then Connor, I know you, you come from blue collar, hard working ass people up there in North Dakota. So just talk about your roots a little bit your, your high school experience. And then college, I know you played with Carson Wentz and you played with some great players at Missouri and just that blue collar mentality and how it helped you develop into this alpha in the trench in the NFL.
3: Um, so I was raised, uh, I was raised by, you know, someone who played in the NFL. So yeah, I had, I had roots. I had, uh, a great person to, you know, watch, a great person to learn from, and a great role model in my father. But, you know, aside from that, you know, aside from having the dream to want to play in the NFL or to want to play a professional sport like a lot of young kids do, you know, it was engraved into me and into my heart from an early age. And, you know, I knew that if I wanted to do something in life, it didn't matter, I was going to have to work for it. Nothing was going to be given to me. And, you know, that's just how my life was from day one. So, you know, in high school, when I was being recruited, you know, we had Chantrell Henderson. We had a lot of big names out of the state of Minnesota who were getting a lot of, you know, recognition. And a lot of schools around the country were, you know, coming out to look at these guys. So I essentially ended up getting overlooked. Um, But that was probably the best thing that happened to me, to be honest. I ended up going to North Dakota State, and they were like three and eight or something like that when i committed up you know to go there they were shitty but my first year up there i ended up starting as a true freshman and we ended up going nine and five and went to like the semifinals, i think in the playoffs and you know coach bowl did a good job up there and a lot of the leaders up there did a great job of trying to show us you know what we were supposed to do and what it was supposed to be like so a lot of guys you know, weren't worried about you know making it to the league. A lot of guys weren't worried about a lot of other things. We just wanted to win football games, and we did whatever it took to win those games.
1: North Dakota State's got scary NFL talent on it, doesn't it? Yeah, a lot of like people people, people so, hate, yeah. and there's a mm-hmm. ton of NFL talent on those teams. I mean, you play with Carson Wentz. You got, how many national titles you win when you were there?
3: I won three. Three. They've won six in the last seven years. I think.
1: I bet you North Dakota State might win the Mountain West. Just saying. I bet. Look, man, North Dakota two years ago walked into War Memorial in Cheyenne or in Laramie, excuse me, and beat Wyoming 35 to three. So North Dakota State is head and shoulders better than North Dakota, in my opinion. So just think about it like that. Connor, you're you're a North Dakota kid. I know that they recruited the shit out of you. No chance
0: of getting you. You ended up going to Missouri. Talk about your blue collar roots in Missouri a little bit. Yeah, you know, and uh, yes, recruited me hard. UND did. Um, but I had had bigger goals, you know. My whole whole time growing up, I was told there's you know no one ever out of far, North Dakota goes and and, uh, and plays at a bigger school than NDSU. Every if you're the you know one of the top recruits in the state, you go to NDSU. And you know I was like I'm you know I'm gonna break that mold and try try to get out of here. Yeah. And uh, but no, the, the blue collar roots definitely has been a huge part of my and, and uh, of my career uh, coming from a blue collar family, uh, farmers. We just you know whatever we got, we had to work for. And uh that and that's helped me through my career in college and the NFL. And, you know, coming from Fargo, I didn't have a whole lot of people that ever played in the NFL around around me growing up. Uh so my goal is actually just to play in college. I didn't I didn't, you know, I kind of fell into the whole thing of, you know, the NFL's too big of a dream. And uh <laughs> I finally that was a realization uh that I could play in the NFL after my uh redshirt junior year. So it took four years of college before I realized I could actually play in the NFL. And uh, then it became a dream of mine and, and uh, living it through every day, just working hard and uh, doing everything I can.
1: Now, one thing I love about both of you, and we work on it every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, all the time during the offseason, is your versatility. I'm a concrete Charlie. I played defense my whole life, my first year and a half in the league, and then I got moved. So I understand how difficult it is to play multiple positions, have to get ready for everything. I also I also think that if you're an offensive lineman, you better be efficient at three of the five positions or your ass is going to get cut. So just talk about the versatility aspect and how much it's helped both of you, uh, and, and then we'll get into the, the rest of the interview.
3: My versatility yeah, started from day one. I played tackle in college, and I got drafted to the Dolphins, and they turned me into a guard. And... Um, it definitely helped me. Definitely wasn't great by any means right away. It took a lot of uh, practice and it took a lot of you know work and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it definitely helped my career. I, I've been in situations where I I showed up to the stadium and you know haven't taken any tackle reps. Period, and have been told that I have to start at left tackle that day. You know, two hours before the game. You know, and it's happened at left guard. It's happened at multiple positions. So it's only benefited me in the long run and helped my career. But I mean, to be honest with you, just like you said, Matt, if, if you're going to be in the NFL and you know, you're not going to be one of the starting five, even if you are one of the starting five, it, it's tough to, you know, make a team not being able to play multiple positions.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I played multiple positions in college. Uh, my, as a, you know, in a game, I've played three different positions in college. Um, you know i came in my whole redshirt year i spent at center and then i moved to right guard um started there for a whole year came in my my uh redshirt junior year i started right tackle for 3 games um then we weren't really running the ball so then i moved to guard went back to right guard and then my senior year I had to play left tackle and and, you know the versatility in the long run was huge Uh, you know I was willing to do whatever it took for my team my senior year and if they needed me to play left tackle I was going to play left tackle Um, you know it probably hurt my draft stock a little bit but in the long run it's worked out you know I've been able to play uh, start at two different positions in the NFL and and it's going to keep paying off dividends now. Billy Turner and Connor McGovern joining us here on McChesney Unchained at 60 Studios
1: here at 60 Strength and Fitness. Check out the gym at 60 Strength on Twitter and Instagram uh, and 60Strength.com on the web there. Um, we'll ask this question and then we're gonna move into to more schematic things and who we're playing. Um, you're coming out, all right? You're you're coming out to to get drafted to go to the combine in pro day. In in my opinion, I think that big guys in the underwear Olympics are a little – it's a little redundant, all right? If you're not doing technique work every day and film, I think you could be behind the eight ball a little bit when you get into the league. I didn't work with either of you for the Combine or Pro Day. We started working together when you got into the NFL. So just give me your take on that. Don't pull any punches. You know I work with Combine guys and how I feel about the Underwear Olympics. But I'd love to get your your take on this because as of right now, there's a ton of guys about to go into the NFL. And in my opinion, 75% of them
3: are getting lied to. As an offensive lineman, a lot of the stuff they do at the Combine as far as you know, drills and whatnot, it's, a lot of it's not beneficial. You know, you're going to do, you know, the standing uh, broad jump, you know, and I guess that'll help, you know, as far as power. And even when you run the 40-yard dash as an offensive lineman, scouts and coaches aren't looking at anything except for the 10-yard split. So I personally don't understand why they run the 40-yard dash and a lot of the stuff that they do because, you know, a lot of those drills don't necessarily correlate to every position. You know, it would be a lot more beneficial if they just did position-specific drills. They do position-specific drills, but, you know, you're doing all the other stuff. And I understand, you know, the route that the NFL takes trying to – you know, have guys up at 3, 4 in the morning taking drug tests and you don't get back to your room until 12 a.m. and they try to break you. You know, you got to do MRIs, all this other stuff. You know, it's part of the whole game. And if you're going to be a part of this league and a part of the Shield and you're fortunate enough to get invited to the combine, you know you're going to have to go through that and, you know, what better way to do it with a smile on your face. But, you know, to be honest, it probably would have helped me more to be doing more position-specific stuff you know leading up to the combine and leading up to my first training camp in Miami
0: yeah I you know I agree with Bill like there's you know that you always get the guys that go out and kill the underwear Olympics and they they raise all these eyebrows and everyone's like oh they're gonna they're that's gonna correlate to the the NFL so well but then those guys never really work out they always burn out they always they're not football players they're they're athletes but you know maybe they're they're soft or what have you. And, and so I think, you know, working on uh, like O-line specific stuff, that's what you need to do because there's – you can be undrafted and not go to the combine, but if you've been working on football stuff, you go into OTAs and you you raise some eyebrows, sure you didn't, you didn't get that signing bonus check, but you're going to make way more money in the long run actually playing football. So, Gov, we, we
1: started working together in January after your rookie year, and I'm not trying to bring up shitty things, but you didn't even dress as a rookie, right? No no dressing. So uh, I remember us talking our first day on everything that we needed to improve on, and it was technique, I'm strong, I'm agile, I can run, but I need to work on football stuff. So it's awesome to hear you say that. Uh, before we get into some fun here on McChesney Unchained, Phil Lindsay. Okay, you're talking about undrafted. I worked with Phil a lot for Pro Day and Combine lead up. Uh, you know, Obviously he ran over at Lawrence, but he did all this film work in here and learning football and pass protection. Talk about 30 and that spark he brings, because I've been watching it up in Boulder. Didn't get drafted, no combine, totally spited. Check this story out. So I'm on the phone with them when they pick David Williams. And I'm like, yeah, I know they like you. Russ is, you know, we'll see what happens. And they pick David Williams, and that's a son of a bitch. And I'm like, Phil, all they're trying to do is piss you off, dog. And it sure as hell works. So talk about 30 a little bit. He's, uh, he's going to be on the show today, too.
3: He's, uh, he's a great player, man. And kind of like Connor just touched on. It does not matter whether you're drafted or undrafted. As long as you get an opportunity and you turn heads when you have your opportunity, you're going to be successful. And as long as you have the mentality and the determination, you know, to keep pushing forward, regardless of your situation, trying to break through that wall, you're going to be successful. And he's a perfect example of that. You know, he's a Colorado kid, grew up here, went to Colorado, and you know what? He's ended up playing for the Denver Broncos, and he's one of the best players on the team right now. And that's not – just because he's fast, that's not because of his athletic ability. That's because of his heart and his desire. He wants to play this game and he wants to be great. And, and you can tell, you could tell from day one when we were out on the field, you know, during OTAs, everyone was like, man, mean, who, who the fuck is this kid?
0: No, yeah, yeah. He,
3: an undrafted free agent, you know what I mean? And he's not big by any means. And, you know, I personally, I was like, I don't know if his little ass is going to be able to take hits like that. But as you've seen throughout the first, you know, however many games he played this year, he's 100% proven me wrong and proven everyone else in this state probably
0: wrong. Dog! Yeah, and you know, I, I think, you know, if he got drafted somewhere else, you know, he wouldn't be the you know emerging superstar he is like he's going to be such a household name because he's from denver he played or and he played at colorado you know he goes somewhere else it's it's not gonna you know he's probably gonna get as many yards and, and have the big personality and all that but like he's not gonna be that household denver name you know he's the local kids so you it worked out for him that he he didn't get drafted somewhere else and came to the broncos and turned heads you know it, and that's just what it, he just had he took full advantage of opportunity and like like he's a dog man it and he not only can he take the hits he just bounces off them and keeps running so i think I think he'll be a great player here for a long time. It's my boy phil Lindsay man he's gonna be
1: on the show here in a little bit. we're gonna do a phone interview with him uh here in about fifteen minutes, so stay on the uh the line there uh Broncos country all right so uh number one, who gets fined
0: the most in the offensive line meeting room <laughs> uh, uh the the person that gets the most points is uh probably still to this day uh old g b um you know, rookies kind of get it bad just because of all this stuff. But you know, we kind of we c- it's pretty easy to poke everyone's buttons and and get under their skin. But you know, we kind of bait certain people into certain fines, and it, it it makes or points, and it makes it pretty fun. You're bear trapping the rookies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it, dude. All right, who does the best impression of coach? Not VJ. I'm talking
3: about your position coaches. None of the rookies are in there roasting the coaches? I, I mean, to be honest with you, GB is he he's always on the coaches for some it. <laughs> and it's, it. And it's more so, it, it's not that his jokes are funny. It's just the fact that he's the one making telling the, the jokes? jokes and telling them. And then we all end up laughing, not because of the joke, but because of him saying it, to be honest.
1: I love it, dude. Alright, right off the bat, quick six quick questions before we guys get out of here okay favorite movie Billy
3: oh man my favorite movie on the spot man probably Dazed and Confused <laughs>
0: that's a great I'm gonna go with Top Gun but Dazed and Confused is in my top five for sure yeah. Biggie or Tupac Biggie Biggie
3: Ollie or Tyson <laughs> oh shit I'm gonna go with Ali, but Tyson is a maniac.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was Tyson for me. Who's your favorite athlete of all time?
3: Any sport? Um man, honestly, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. I have a lot of favorites. I mean growing up it was I your looked dad. up to my dad, yeah.
0: Uh but you know, growing up it was Reggie White. You know, I'm a D laminate heart and uh I was young enough to where it was I was a Green Bay Packer fan because of Reggie White.
1: All right, so let's talk a little bit of football here. Uh, you guys go to L.A. You beat the shit out of the Chargers. Great game. You beat Pittsburgh at home in another great game. Just talk about the last two weeks and how comfortable you guys are in your new roles, playing center from guard, going from guard to tackle, and talk about the future here. I mean, you got got Cincinnati on Sunday. They just put Dalton on IR. There's blood in the water and a chance to get back even at 6-6 six and six and really – really make a lot of people around here eat fucking crow. And I dig that shit. You know, all the goddamn experts out there who think that, you know, the minute one thing negative happens, then everything is negative. As an ex-player, I don't get with that shit, and I know you guys don't either. It's an opportunity not only to get to even in 500 with four to play, four winnable games, but also to make some people eat some some shit here. So uh, just talk about the Chargers in Pittsburgh a little bit and, and Cincinnati a bit, and then we'll get you guys out of here.
3: To be honest, people, people wrote us off a long time ago, um, but it, it, it didn't phase us, and it, it didn't matter to us because the guys in the locker room and at the facility, we knew what we were capable of, and there's not one game that we should not have won this year. You know we've been in every game and we should have won all of those close games that we played in. But we all knew what we were capable of, and it was really just a matter of you know finding the formula and really just finishing uh, an entire game, playing all sixty minutes through.
0: Yeah, you know I agree with Billy. I think the team never quit because we we saw in film how much heart everyone played with. We saw how close we were every single week. Like it, we were literally one play, one single play away from from winning every game you know, but you know it canceled out the jets we I don't know what happened there but we didn't show up there but every other game besides that we were literally one single play away and you know that and People just don't see that. People see that. They see the score. They just see us losing, and they think, like, everything's bad. But we knew how close we were and how bad we wanted it, and we, none of us ever quit. None of us ever even thought about quitting. You know, we knew we knew eventually the ball, they, it would start bouncing our way. You know, we, we literally could not get a bounce. And, and momentum's a huge part of this game, and I guess you could say luck. But it once that momentum's in your favor and stuff's going your way you're and you're a good team that knows how to finish, knows how to play through adversity, you're hard to beat
1: billy turner connor mcgovern uh two members of the dungeon family over here at six zero i personally think you guys are the future of the bronco offensive line billy if they don't retain you and resign you i'm going to be pissed i think it's a huge huge fucking miss and then connor i know you're going to be unrestricted here in the next couple of years so hopefully they keep you around too and and you can get some big bucks here from the broncos but guys you know it, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, you know, uh, the six years I put into the league, they were what they were. You know, it's a lot of injuries and moving positions and a lot of the negativity I had to deal with and my body breaking down on me and the way my career ended, it took my passion for the game. And when I open this place up, I'm trying to fuel that passion through the guys I work with. And one thing. You guys always come in here ready to work on Tuesday and I appreciate it so much. And you guys always show up ready to get better. There's never any bullshit pro excuses. And you know, there's a lot of professionals out there that are just trying to stay in the NFL and I'm or, or trying to get to the NFL and I'm looking for guys who want to stay. And that's both of you. So just if you could, just give a little bit of insight to those guys out there that aren't in your position yet but are striving to get there. And if you if you want to, talk about this place and how it's helped you so far.
3: You know what personally I believe that the things that happen happen for a reason and what's meant to happen is going to happen whether you like it or not. You know we all make plans and and God is just sitting up there laughing at us because He controls everything. So If if you have a dream of being in the NFL, if you have a dream of being a doctor, a dream of literally anything, and you want to do that, there should be nothing in your heart and in your mind that's gonna stop you from moving forward trying to accomplish that goal of yours. You know, I I wanted to play in the NFL, and I did whatever it took to get to this point. Does that happen for everyone? No, 100% it doesn't. But at the same time, you're going to learn something about yourself. Have I failed? Yes, I failed at plenty of things in my life. And, you know, the best part of failure is it shows you how to succeed, you know, so – making it into the NFL has been more of a, you know, a blessing to me because it showed me how to succeed, not only in football, but how to succeed in so many other aspects of life. So that's what I'm very, you know, thankful for and whatnot. But I mean, like I said, any goal or dream that you have, you know, in life, as long as you stick to it, you're going to learn
0: something about yourself and you're going to be successful one way or another. And just to build off of what Billy said, you know, it's, both of us, we you know, there's nothing more we want than to be successful at what we're doing. Like you, you, you look at Billy and I, and, and we we pour, pour our hearts into this stuff. Like if if you're not doing everything you possibly can, whether it's nutrition, whether it's sleeping, whether it's training, whatever it is, man, if you want like you, you know, I, there's a quote um, that I've heard many times, and it you if you don't want something as bad as you want to breathe, then you're not going to be successful. You know, you got to want it so bad. And that's why we're in here working at at six zero. Like, that's why we're in here grinding on an, on an off day. You know, we're supposed to ever, you know, ever, you'd assume on an off day after what we put in in a week, we're just sitting on the couch playing video games or watching Netflix. But, man, we, we want this as bad as we want to breathe. So we're out here grinding. We're out here doing whatever we can um, to make sure that that dream we have, that there's no doubt like, you know, God God controls everything, but we're going to do it, everything in our power to make it our dream go our way. You know, there's, I believe what Billy said that God has a plan, but I think you know God sees you working; He's going to make the make your dream a reality. Connor, Billy, hats off, man! Uh,
1: everything you've gone through to get to this point and all the work you put in. I'm um, looking forward to the future, no doubt. Uh, you guys are going to give Cincinnati a, a run for their money this weekend. They're fighting for the playoffs too, but they're on an opposite tra- trajectory, in my opinion, right now. So, Connor McGovern, Billy Turner, in studio here at Six Zero Strength Six Zero Studios. on am McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Brothers, thank you so much. Go kick some ass this weekend against Cincinnati and uh, stay up. Appreciate it. Yep. Peace. And it is my honor and pleasure to bring on my Buffalo and Bronco brother, uh, Mr. Phil Lindsay here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network from Six Zero Studios here at Six Zero Strength. Check out Six Zero It It is truly the bridge. Uh, Phil and I have done a lot of work in this room on that board getting ready for the NFL, and it's obviously paid off. Uh, number thirty uh, on the field for your Denver Broncos, Mr. Phil Lindsay joins us here on McChesney Unchained. Phil, what's up, brah?
2: How you doing, man? Thanks for
1: having me. I don't know if I could be any better uh, unless my name was Phil Lindsay because you are on a fucking <laughs> roll these days, brother. Uh, first and foremost, Phil, just talk about, you know, just the whirlwind up to this point, bro. I mean, you guys are going into week 11, I think, and yeah. week 12 playing Cincinnati, and now, you know, VJ's out there talking about how you're the number one back on this team, and I, I remember distinctly, being on the phone with you when they picked David Williams and being like, "Brother, just trying to piss you off." Sure, did seem to work.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's like I said for our team. It's been it's been a it's been a hell of a ride right now. But that's what that's what it. When you go through the fire, you need this because it gets you going and it helps you out through this stretch that we're going to need so that we can we can uh, try to get a wild card berth or a playoff berth. And 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 it it brings your your team close together because when when you're in the NFL you're dealing with a bunch of grown men that are trying to do it for their family so a lot of times you lose that camaraderie like you would in college but when you go through a lot of things together you got to stick together that's when you build that bond now that's when you build the bond for example Emmanuel he's been fun and you can see it out there when we first started you know he didn't know about us we're, we're rookies we're young he's an older vet. He knows what it, it takes to win, and he just, you know, frustrated with some of us because we're new. You know what I mean? And it takes time. But he started to loosen up with us, have fun with us, and it's helping us out because now we're out there. We're playing for each other. We're playing for him, and it just makes things a lot funner.
1: Phil Lindsay joining us here on McChesney Unchained on the BS Endeavor Podcast Network. Phil, you're talking about vets and bringing up Emmanuel, who I think is one of the best on the team, uh, a guy who really loves football, and you can tell with the way he plays. doesn't just like it because he's good. He actually loves it. Um, talk about good veterans. You are a great veteran at CU, and then you're an undrafted rookie again. That's the way that football works, and you've got to climb the ladder. Uh, just yes. talk talk about the vets on that team and how much they've helped you. For everybody from from Case Keenum to to Emmanuel to the offensive line.
2: Yeah, our, our, the, our vets are doing a phenomenal job with this. They're they're out there every day. They're showing us showing us what it is to be in the NFL and what it what it means to win games. And they also show us what it means when you lose games, how to you handle yourself. And so so we're looking up to to them as as a young rookie class. Uh, we we look up to them a lot. And, and when when they do well in games, it it makes us want to do well for them. It makes us want to want to to get involved. And so you know, especially on that offensive line, they've been through so much, man. This offensive line, I'm damn proud of them, man. Like the words can't even express how proud of how I am uh, proud of them.
1: Well, they they love okay. you, thirty. I'm Billy Turner and Connor are on the show today too. They were in studio after working this morning and. They are raving about you, 30. Not only your, your leadership ability and your heart, but not only that, but the fact that you can just straight play.
2: Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't think they do because they'd be picking on me. They they, t- they they throw me off the couch.
1: <laughs> well, like you're a awesome. rookie. That's yeah. how they show love.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, but uh, they've just been through so much, man, and they've stuck together. That that, that line room, the offensive line coach, they stuck together, man, and they're doing a great job and there and, and there there're a bunch of of men that that are in it for each other they grind they fight and there there's some vets in there that are that are stepping up and, and taking control of this team
1: So so talk about that a little bit, you know, the adversity part of this and how it molds character and champions. I I believe in that wholeheartedly, you know, you you guys started off rough and you've won two in a row against two teams that look like they're going to the playoffs and you've got the NFL talking about the Broncos and what do you, what do you guys need to do, Phil, after, you know, the, the pain of losing to Kansas City, like you did twice, losing to the Rams, like you guys did a, a winnable game, losing to the Texans on the last play of the game. Those are all playoff teams. And then having the intestinal fortitude and the you know the Cajones to go out and beat the Chargers in LA and and beat the Steelers at home when most people would think you guys would pack it in just talk about how adversity has molded this team and shit I'm looking at the schedule and going we're we're better than everybody we play on the remainder of this one and and I think that it's really set Denver up for a run and it, has adversity molded this team
2: Our adversity has definitely molded this team and I think that it was it, you have to go through that in life so that you understand what to do you you need to learn how to lose in order to win because when you know how it feels to lose and understand that then when you start winning you don't ever want that to ever stop but you got to you got to you got to pick yourself up when you're in the mud you got to be able to find ways to get yourself out of it and and as a man as a woman when you go through life and you go through hard times you got to just keep going everything everything happens for a reason but everything it, it, it unwinds. Everything comes together when it's supposed to. And I think for us, this team is coming together when it's supposed to come together. And you got to go through hard times. We went through blowout games. We blew people out. We went through tough games where we won. We went through tough games that we lost. We went through everything. And so now every, you, you, you've been through that. So now when you get into games like that, you know how it is. But now you know how it is to be on the other side. And now you want want to be on that winning side. So now you know what you have to do. You have to fight even harder. You have to dig even deeper to get that win. you got to make more plays than the other team, and you know that. All
1: right, brother. So on Sunday, you went for 14 for 109, eight yards a carry. Uh, You're leading the NFL from a rookie perspective in rushing and yards per carry, which is phenomenal. Uh, And that's all well and good. The thing that I love most about you, Phil, is you're an every down back, bro. You can play the slot. You can play uh, the the running back position in 11 and 10 personnel where you have to pick up blitzes. You understand what you're looking at. I mean, you gravitated to the board and the the scheme work like few have, especially skill players. And it's really paid off for you, in my opinion, just being mentally ready. To talk about your prep in here on the board with me, and then the time you put in on your own, and, and talk about your prep a little bit mentally and how much it's helped you, you know, get a step ahead of your of the rookie competition in the NFL this year. It's
2: it's all about it's all about focus and understanding what comes first. It's all about getting in a rhythm and a routine. And uh, uh, one of the biggest things that that uh, Coach Vance told me, and also uh, my my uh, teammate Royce Freeman when he sat down with us one day and was just like you know he just one day he just asked how we were feeling you know what I mean like just in general and then he went on to tell us that we need to find a routine out and I have been mean, kind of know about that but to hear from your head coach that you need to find a routine that makes you it, it, it makes you want to get a routine going and when you have a routine everything is better your body feels better your mind feels better and you just feel like you're on the right in the right place but it also feels good when you have uh, offensive line that's grinding every day i mean shit they're probably in the uh, facility right now watching film like you 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 need you need your team to do that that's how you win games
1: phil lindsey joining us here on mcchesney unchained on the bsn denver podcast network we'll get you out of here after a couple more here uh three O. uh you, you brought up royce freeman and I, i'm watching you guys play on sunday and realizing how young you are and Uh, looking at this one-two punch that the Broncos have now in their backfield, how damn excited are you and Royce to just know that, uh, look, in my opinion, there's some people looking at the Broncos and going, shit, they got some depth and they got some dudes. And the last thing we want to do is make Denver proficient on offense. And now that you guys are, how scary are you guys? Not only you and Royce, but... Talk about that relationship and how you guys can just kind of make a super back the two of you moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing me and Royce knew about each other for a while. We played in the Pac-12 against each other. We knew about each other, and we we we've we've uh, created a, a great bond with each other through here because we're going through the same same things with each other, and so uh, I, I know I need Royce. Royce knows he needs me. We complement each other, and uh, and later on down the stretch, Royce is going to come up big for us. And it's going to be exciting to be able to watch my teammate do that. And uh, it all it does is help us win games. It's all about winning in here. When you win games, everything's good. So that's what it's about. It's not about stats. It's not about uh, how many yards you get. It's about winning games because when you win games, you stay longer.
1: Brother, you got me pumped up. I'm ready to go run into a wall on this bitch. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so a couple more. Number one, I don't know if many people knew this, but you played sick on Sunday and still went for eight yards carry. Uh, you, you animal. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on CU. I know you love Coach Mack and everything. I'm not going to ask you to, to yes. you know, talk about that. But just just a little bit. Uh, give Coach Mack some love, and I'm very appreciative of what he did for CU, turning it around up there. And then talk about uh, where you think the bus need to go from here. Not, not necessarily a coaching uh, hire, but just the, the future of the program.
2: Yeah, yeah, so I did play sick on uh Sunday. I had like the little I would say the 24-hour bug. So I get over that, but the, it is what it is. The Michael like,
1: Jordan game, homie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really pay too much attention to like like uh, like trying to be, you know, trying to be the like the macho man. It's just something that happened. It came out of nowhere. So, uh and I knew I was going to play regardless. So I didn't bring no attention to that. And God, Coach I, Matt, I love Coach Matt. Man. I, I love and, you, uh,
1: Phil. Man, you are my kind yeah. of dude.
2: Yeah, and uh, I love Coach Mac, and and he made a lot of things happen for me, man. He's been there for me uh, when when was tough things were rough, and he's taught me a lot as a as a young man. You know, Coach Mac wasn't just a coach; he was a he was a father figure to all of us. But every every day was is a learning thing. It was a learning tool for us, and and to understand, you know, that it's not about football; it's, a, it's after football. Because you got to think, shit, you played in the NFL for five, seven years. Shit, I'm only going to be like 27, 28.
1: Yeah, I retired at I 29, dog. Life.
2: Yeah, and running backs don't last that long. Nah,
1: you, your guy's life expectancy is super short.
2: It's too, yeah, like knock two on years wood. like that. Yeah, knock on wood. Amen. But you got to – and that's why, you know, Coach Mack pressured us so much into getting a degree for the right reasons. And I'm so happy that he forced us to get our degrees. And not even forced, but he just put it on us, put it on us, put it in our head. He made it priority. Probably the best accomplishment is to get your get to get my degree. And so I thank him I can't thank him enough. And and wherever he goes next He's going to build that program up to be a phenomenal program, and they're going to do a lot of great things because the type of man he is.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, you got Cincinnati coming up. Uh, give us a little rundown of the Bengals really quick before we get you out of here on
2: McChesney Unchained. Yeah, they're a, they're a physical team. They're just like the Steelers. When you think about Cincinnati, you think about hard-hitting, uh, you know, a hard-hitting team that, that has a lot of athletes on there. We haven't had a lot of time to uh, look at film yet. We're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, but what what I can see when when this, that's consistent with uh, Cincinnati from when I was young to now is they're tough. They're tough. They make plays. They got playmakers. And, uh, you know, defense is tough. Uh, you know, I do have a teammate on the team, uh, Josh Tupo. Yeah, Tupo. He plays a lot. So I'm excited to see him. And we got to make sure that we, we keep him out the back.
1: Yeah, juke his ass in the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to do something. All right. Well, 30, you keep it up, homeboy. Very proud of you. I know there's a lot of people in Colorado pulling for you each and every week. And around the country, people are starting to wake up to to what Phil Lindsay brings to the table. Damn proud of you, my man. And, uh, Thank you, man. You keep it up, 30, and, and you know you always have a home here at 6 Zero, brother. Stay up.
2: All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. know you. it.
1: The great Phil Lindsay joining us here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. 30 is one of my favorites, I mean, not only as a player, but as a man, the, the work that kid put in. And then not only that, but the the character and just the overall integrity of Phil Lindsay is just unreal. So keep your eyes on 30. He's an easy fan favorite, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud for the Broncos moving forward and potentially a ring of famer. And I'm telling you, after listening to McGovern and Billy Turner talk about him this morning on, on McChesney Unchanged here from the studio, I really can't say enough.